Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Ryan, um, January is gone, and uh, all we have left is the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. We got the Kansas City Chiefs, who look really good, playing uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, yeah, uh, should be an interesting matchup. I think the Chiefs will win. I hope they win, to be honest with you. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I ordered a new TV just to be able to watch. Did you really? I did. I did. Is Mine it 8K? Was- uh, well, it's 4K. 4K. Man, I'm just oh. I'm old school here. Okay, real old school, right? Now. 8K's <laughs> the new thing. Nah, nah. I'm just wanted to get something. Mine's starting to fade, even though it's LED. You know, they they just they don't last forever. Yeah. Well, so um, finally in February, the I guess the month of love, and then that's Valentine's in a couple weeks. There you go. So we're oh, moving on into through winter here. Hopefully, we'll get this behind us because, gee, yeah. this has been kind of a cold, wet winter from my perspective. But you know, there you go. Yeah. But uh, but um, something that's not cold and wet, and that is our topics we're going to cover today. Yeah. We got some good ones here. Um, first one's going to be what income is rich and how do you get there? Ooh, that sounds actually really interesting and fun. It's pretty interesting, and it's going to be a fun <laughs> one. It's going to be fun. We're going to look at some numbers today. We're going to look at some stats, and you know what it, what it was mean to really be rich yeah. from an income standpoint or an asset standpoint. But more importantly, how can you get there? It it mm. really riches. Is attainable. It is yeah. attainable, definitely. And you can definitely make improvements and move that direction. So that's our first topic. And then we're going to follow that up with uh, some tax stuff, right? Yeah. A little bit more fun than your topic is some tax filing, uh, oh, yeah. just, you know, things that are important, some dates that are important, some things to remember, how it's going to be a little different. So I think people will find that a lot more exciting today. Oh, I'm sure, Ryan, yeah. that'll be much yeah. more So we'll save that one for last. In talking about how to get rich. Okay. Well, yeah, we're going to save that one for last. It is important, though. You yes. do need to <laughs> please listen. You do need to prepare for tax season, and uh, there's some great tips in there. So, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 27 years' experience in financial planning and investment advice. And I'm Ryan Borders. I'm also a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro. And we are excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. We are up every Friday morning. Um, You can go through our website there and pull us up on moneymd.net or we're on iTunes. Um, But you can listen to us anywhere in the world. Do check us out on our website. A lot of information out there on our website, a lot of tools. Um, You can also link to us there and send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you, and we will talk about those right here on the show. Well, Ryan, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this one's pretty interesting, Steve. But, you know, as of the end of last year, so 2022, 64% of U.S. consumers were living paycheck to paycheck. And that's actually up from 61% the year before. So not hmm. a great stat there. Um, right. So this is according to a survey by 4,000 people uh, released by Payments and Lending Club. They did a study on that. So okay. not, not a great thing. So it's important to... Try to avoid that if you can and actually have an emergency gotta, fund and, gotta and prepare. Save that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think inflation caught a lot of people yeah, off guard. True. You know, when you're having to start paying $5 for, you know, a carton of eggs, um, that does start eating into the average person's pocketbook. So I could see where, yeah, more people are living, you know, hand to mouth. Yeah. Um, after last year, but hopefully, you know, people will. Hopefully, inflation will quiet down here, continue to quiet down, and it is headed yeah. in the right direction, and hopefully the stats will improve. But 
interesting fact of the week. And that one's a little depressing. So we're going to go yeah, to something a lot more interesting here and exciting. And that is <laughs> a recent article here from Smart Asset. Um, what income is rich and how do you get there? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, you know, earning more money. I mean, it, it makes it easier to pay the bills, um, fund your goals, spend on hobbies. But at what income can you really consider yourself rich? Um, you know, what is that? And, um, and what the, the, some people define that as really not having to worry about what the normal stuff costs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the answer though, depends on several factors, you know, included in like, where do you live? What type of job do you have? How much you save or invest? How you typically spend your money? You know, if you're looking um, for help to reach your financial goals and be considered rich in your own eyes, then stay tuned because we're going to dive into some of the stats here um, that talk about that and how to move the needle in your situation toward that goal. Um, but, but let's talk a little bit about what is considered rich as far as income is concerned. Well, um, you know, so what's a practical definition? Well, I've heard it described as being able to travel anywhere you want or buy mm. anything normal that you want without even having to worry about the price. Yeah. You know, I think that's mm. a pretty good working definition. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a point where you can live your current lifestyle or even better without ever worrying about what things cost. Um, of course, you know, you could spend any amount of money. So we aren't talking about buying huge yachts or ridiculous mansions or houses. Um, but you can do the normal stuff and never be concerned about pinching pennies. Yeah. And let's not forget a lot of people look rich but they're very leveraged. That <laughs> is <know> very <laughs> true. It's more about, it's not about looks, it's about yeah, reality. This is actual, you know, what mm -hmm. is actually rich, not just looking that way. So, you know, now how about the tech, technical definition of what, um, what numbers qualify rich? Uh, pinning down the exact income levels that qualify you as rich is difficult. But to keep things simple, let's consider where the Internal Revenue Services, our favorite IRS, mm -hmm. um, sets the bar uh, for the top 1% of earners first. So according to the most recent data available, income of 123,000. No, that's 823. What did I just say? <laughs> you said 100. I'm sorry, 823,000. Yeah, big difference there. Sorry about that. Uh, per year, puts you in the top 1% category. So 823,000. And so that's uh, 45,000 per month. So that's and based on the figure, on that figure, uh, you would clearly be rich uh, from an income standpoint. Uh, the top five percent of income earners make about three hundred thirty-five thousand per year, which is still pretty rich considering that the median salary for all workers in the United States, and this is from twenty twenty-one, it was around forty-five thousand. So that's a pretty big gap, Steve. Absolutely, huge gap between the top five percent and the top one percent. Now that that is, yeah, I would I would yeah. classify that as rich from an income standpoint. Yeah, so to reach that 1% income level, you'll certainly need to have something more going on than your typical nine-to-five job. I mean, examples of people with monthly incomes in that range can include like really successful business owners, um, celebrities, of course, athletes, online influencers, and content creators um, in today's world. <laughs> Believe yeah. it or not, can it be in that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. being rich, you know, is one thing, but being wealthy can mean something entirely different. You know, someone who's rich may have the cash available to spend on luxury goods, take expensive vacations, 
A wealthy person, on the other hand, is typically considered to be more focused on increasing their net worth, creating a long-term financial legacy. You know, so what's the cutoff to be considered wealthy? Um, again, it's subjective, and there are a lot of different numbers that are tossed around out there. But I'd say someone who has a million dollars in liquid assets, for instance, is usually considered to be high net worth. Um, you might need five to ten million to qualify as being very high net worth. Um, while you know they they say here it would take thirty million or more to be considered ultra high net worth. Oh wow! Yeah, I would say anything over ten is ultra high. Net okay. Worth. Yeah. I yeah. I don't think I think thirty is a little unreasonable. Yeah. So that's how financial advisors typically view wealth as ourselves I'm talking here. Um, the average American, on the other hand, sees about seven hundred and seventy-four thousand as a sufficient net worth to be financially comfortable, and a net worth of two point two million. Uh, to be wealthy, according to Schwab. So this is from Charles Schwab. Um, those are reasonable benchmarks. Um, I think most advisors in today's world would consider two to ten million, as you just said. Um, while well, wealthy, yeah, yeah, wealthy, and then while over ten million would be considered ultra wealthy or rich. So hitting that ten million mark. Yeah, that's kind of the number. You know that, that I think people in our industry throw around for, to be considered rich. Yeah. So the big question is, how do you become rich? I mean, you know, if you're if you're like the rich millionaire, if you like the rich millionaire status, you know, or better yet, I mean, join the ranks of, if you want to join those ranks, I mean, you're going to need a strategy for achieving that goal. I mean, short of winning the lottery or inheriting a fortune, becoming rich is going to take some effort. Right? That's not easy. So just how much effort, you know, can depend on where you're starting from, of course. Um, you know, so short of marrying into the ultra, ultra wealthy world, <laughs> You know, here are some of the impactful things you can do to um, move the needle to becoming rich. First one, of course, is earning more. Yep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty high that income helps. level. It's like 775000 I think Schwab's survey said. So, yeah, increasing your income means you're going to have to make more money and you have more money to save and invest and pay down your debts, all of which could boost your net worth. I mean, there are different ways to increase your income, you know, including negotiating a pay raise, of course, you yep. know, pursuing higher paying roles, um, getting, you know, a, a, a great education, something really extraordinary, you know, like a doctor or something, um, taking on a part-time job or, you know, starting a profitable business or a side hustle. Obviously, these endeavors, though, won't likely make you rich. Um, yeah but they can certainly help put you on the path to financial freedom. Yeah, definitely will help. And more income coming in helps you work towards those goals. Um, but, you know, to really hit it big on income, you'll likely have to venture out and take some risks. Um, becoming a social influence like a viral YouTuber could land you in those ranks. Um, yeah, That's one option. Uh, starting your own business in an area which is not limited by sales, could also do the trick. I think we see that all the time. People that are right. entrepreneurs, it's amazing what you can do. There's yeah. just no ceiling a lot of Those times. are the ones we see. Yeah, we don't see the McBeast of the world, you know. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we do see people with their own business yeah. that have become rich. Absolutely. So think of something scalable like technology, maybe writing the next hot gaming code. Not for me, but I'm, I'm sure there's people that can do that out there. Um, right. Even real estate could land you in an ultra-wealthy category if you leverage 
properties with loans and get lucky with the right properties. I don't think we would necessarily suggest no, leveraging we that. We wouldn't suggest that. But that's from Schwab there. Um, yeah, we would say be careful about that one. Um, but this is certainly you know the slow route. Starting a business based on technology or the internet seems to be the most viable way to hit it big in today's world. I think technology is where we're still at. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's where. You see people that really, you hear about people that really hit it big yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, budgeting, you know, is, of course, one of the simplest ways to take control of your money and and would help you to become rich, you know, when you're combined with a great income. Um, even if you have a great income, if you don't budget, I mean, you, you very well could spend it, <laughs> you know, and never be rich, truly rich. So, you know, when you budget, you're deciding how to allocate that income um, that you have each month and avoid expanding, you know, your, your spending with each jump in income. That makes it a lot easier to work toward your goals of saving and increasing your net worth over time. Reducing debt. Um, that's a big one. You know, I mean, your net worth is calculated based on how much you owe versus how much you have in assets. So paying down debt can help you get on the right path. You stop paying interest your over time, you know, it can certainly work you in the right direction to become rich, free up money for saving and investing. So if your debt is expensive due to high interest rates, then, you know, consolidating or refinancing certainly would help as well. But uh, in general, you need to get out of debt. That's that's like Absolutely. step number one for sure. That's step number one in anybody's playbook, regardless of where you're trying to go. Um, but investing, um, you know, that really, I think, is the is the most certain way to eventually make it into the halls of the rich. Um because, you know, when you invest, you're putting money into the market where it has the potential to earn much higher returns. So let's look at a simple example. You know, can you get rich from investing? Well, Ryan, here it is. So if you invested 3000 a month, okay, that's a big number. That's a lot. Yeah. But if you have a good income, that's not crazy, right? Sure. I mean, if you have a, you know, household income of 150000 you could definitely you know, squeeze 3000 a month out. If you position yourself well, it's 36000 yeah. a year, particularly if you're getting matches in your 401k plans, right? Do that for 30 years, earn a 12% return, which is doable if you're yeah. aggressive. Um, then you would have a hefty $10.5 million at the end of 30 years, and you would be rich by today's standards. Okay. Absolutely. There we'll you get go. Get started. There it you go. Be, it can be done. It can be done. I mean, average, like, I mean, just a good household income. You can do it. So with a great income, right stock market, of course, the stock market has to be decent over that time. Um, this is very doable in a well-diversified, aggressive portfolio. Absolutely. The diversified is still very important there. You know, don't, don't. You know, don't go crazy. Don't yeah. go crazy or you can get in real big trouble. Yeah, you don't have to get crazy yeah. to do that. You can diversify. If you're all in stocks and you're in small and value yeah. and, and things that tend to give you a higher return, you can get there. Yeah, yeah, so for those who are not investing yet, the easiest way to get started is to contribute to your retirement plan at work. Simple, pretty easy to set up. If you have a 401k, for example, you can contribute about 20000 uh, 500 per year, uh, which you can contribute to from your paychecks automatically. So it's easy setup. You don't have to pull from your checking. And as an added bonus, your employer might match some of what you put in. So getting free money is always also a big benefit there. Um, in addition to a workplace retirement plan, you can also begin building wealth through a Roth IRA or a taxable brokerage account. So there's a lot of avenues to, to save that money. 
Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And get a financial plan in place to reach your goals yeah. and for saving and investing in order to build wealth um, that you desire in retirement. The bottom line is in terms of what income is considered rich, you know, there's no single number to go by. Um, but, you know, how you define being rich for yourself can depend on how much money you you need to really feel like you're financially comfortable and secure yeah. and free. Um, and, you know, how you desire to live your dreams. You know, the one person, it means not caring, not worrying about money, while to others, it just means having enough money in retirement to not impact their lifestyle. But, you know, once you define what rich means for you, then you can, you need to build a financial plan to get you where you want to go and help you reach those goals. That's the, yeah. the point here. So good topic. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yes, this comes from one of our clients, but you know, what can those who are already retired do with um, with personal assets to prepare for potential social security shortfall and reduction in benefits that some say is forecasted for 2035? So what, what can people do, Steve? Yeah, okay, good question. Yeah, I mean, so you're right. The uh, Congressional Budget Office, I think, you know, is projecting that in 2035, there'll be a shortcome in this, a shortfall in the Social Security Trust Fund. And therefore, they'll have to cut benefits by, I don't know what the number is. It might be 25% or something. So significant cut. Um, so the question is, what do you do about that to prepare? Well, first of all, I would be shocked if they actually followed through with that, right? I mean, Social Security is kind of the third rail in politics, and they've never fallen, come through with actually cutting benefits. They have, back in the 80s, they did raise the retirement age for Social Security, but they never cut it on anybody that's already there, that's already okay. drawing benefits. So I think that's inconceivable that they would really do that. I think they'll just tax more to cover the shortfall. Mm -hmm. um, having said that, you know, if you want to prepare, you need to invest your 401k and your other assets in the stock market, in a diversified portfolio to keep up with inflation, to grow, to make up any shortfalls you have later on down the road. That's really the key is controlling your budget and, and investing. So you're um, telling me I'll have Social Security in 30 years? I think you will, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I don't, well, I don't know if well, it's 30 for you. It, it might, might be, be like 50. <laughs> it, it might be 40 for yeah, you. Yeah, okay? that's probably true. Young man. So yeah, I wouldn't get too excited about Social Security. Yeah. I would I would plan on that being okay. heavily discounted. Yeah, absolutely. But for somebody that's already... 55, 60, I, I think it's going to be there in its current form. I, I don't see politic, politicians ever stepping up. Last time they even suggested trimming the increase in Social Security, they ran ads about pushing grandma off over the cliff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you don't hear it. you, you got to remember those ads. They were so vivid, you know, and so, I mean, that's what politicians do. So Wow. I, they're not going to touch that. That's I, aggressive ad campaign. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> going grandma off the cliff. It definitely Goodness was. gracious. That was bad. All right. So that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is taxes. Tax filing season. Yeah. What do you need to know? Enough with all the boring stuff. Let's That's, talk about the exciting stuff. This is exciting. Right? Okay, wow, folks. Man. So everyone buckle up. We're about to talk about, hey, Steve, you know, the uh, Internal Revenue Service has just announced that you can start, uh, they're accepting their tax returns for tax year 2022. Wow. So, yeah, we're going to start talking about a few things everyone should know before they file their taxes. And and this is important. We're joking about it. It is good to know these things. It's not as fun as the other stuff. but uh, It can be fun if you're getting a big refund. Yeah, I guess it's that's money's fun. <laughs> you're still, yeah, I mean, we're still paying taxes. Yeah, you're still reconciling probably what you already paid. Probably on everyone's top five things of things they don't like. 
Probably. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little complicated. Let's too. talk about tax day. Uh, so it's not April 15th. Tax day this year is Tuesday, April 18th. Great. Um, we got a yeah, few more days. A few more days. So yeah, fun, fun. Uh, because the weekend uh, in the District of Columbia's Emancipation Day holiday on the 17th, the IRS is expecting um, you know, about 168 million individual tax returns. Okay. So because of the federally declared disaster areas in many of California, you know, they've had some disaster this year. Um, and some taxpayers in Georgia and Alabama as well. So we had some storms come through. That's not the Augusta area I looked. Um, you know, you have until May 15th to file for those disaster, federally declared disaster areas. Um, but for the majority of Americans, we're looking at April 18th. So even if you go on uh, do an extension until that would be until uh, October 16th, you still have uh, have to pay any tax um, you're expected to owe by April 18th. So even if you're going to extend it, you're going to need to pay that or May 15th. Um, for those, and then um, for the disaster areas, or the IRS will add penalty and interest charges to the amount you're owed. So we have a couple of good dates there, but for the majority of Americans, we're looking at April 18th. Uh, Second thing people should know is don't rush to file your taxes. We see this a lot. Um, You can start working on your return, but don't press the e-file button until all the reporting forms have arrived. This is very, very important. So these forms include W-2s, which is reporting your wage income in 1099s. So that's reporting, you know, unemployment, compensation, dividends, and pension distributions. Um, you should get most forms by January 31st, but some could linger out there. Right. Yeah, I actually got an email from a lady yesterday that had already filed her taxes, and that was that was uh, that's fast. Know, that was in January. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, wow. Um, <laughs> A little early. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> early. Then she was asking, hey, are there any 1099s I need to know about on my yeah. accounts? And <laughs> I'm like, that would have been a good question to ask before you filed your taxes. Yeah. Fortunately for her, there are none. Okay, <laughs> so, good. But I mean, you know, if you forget to include income from any freelance job, any any source, you know, out there, and you get a 1099 form, you know, later from the payer, um, you know, that's going to be bad. Um, so... You know, then you may have to deal with the IRS and send you a letter, a nasty letter. They usually send that out, you know, like a year later um, saying that you didn't report some of that income and that you possibly have a balance too along with penalties. So you don't want to do that. You know, one reason you might file early, though, is if you're hoping to get a big tax refund. But still, accuracy is way more important than that. So I would not file if you're not absolutely sure you have all the information um, yeah, the IRS says that <clears throat> it will issue most refunds within three weeks um, of uh-huh. e-filed returns. So you do get that money back pretty quickly. You know, planning early is also important, given that there's kind of a shortage of accountants out there. Um, mm-hmm. So you got to, you know, you know, set up that relationship early. Make sure yeah. you have an accountant you're working for, working with. You know, don't don't show up in April thinking that you're going to get sure. an accountant to file your returns for you. They're going to say, oh, we'll file an extension, but they're not going to mm-hmm. file it within two weeks Absolutely. at the end. so, um, But, you know, you might get a smaller refund this year, so that's one thing to be aware of. I mean, the average tax refund last season was nearly $3,200, hmm. while refunds for low-income taxpayers, they were entitled to their earned income tax credit and the child tax credit as well, may be closer to $10,000 sometimes. Um, according to the IRS. However, you know, tax refunds could shrink by a few hundred to a few thousand dollars this year for many taxpayers because Congress, they chose not to extend 
several tax breaks put in place in the height of the pandemic, including the expanded child tax credit and the enhanced child independent care tax credit. So be prepared to possibly not get that big a refund this year. Yeah. And, you know, if you always get a refund, maybe it's time to sit down with a tax professional to right size your withholding and estimate your tax payments. Um, you know, it's money you could have used for other purposes. You know, we, we talk about that with our clients. You, know, you could be investing right. that money um, or it could help with your day-to-day expenses. So it's much better to break even at the end of the day rather than to, you know, get a big refund back because you're just loaning that money to the government interest-free. So I know a refund's fun, but you right. can be putting that do- those dollars to work uh, early on in the year. Yeah, now you can get some real interest too, just on yeah. a money market account. So absolutely, time is money now. Yeah, so that's important to, to figure out. The next thing is, hey, charitable donations are changing this year. Uh, the deduction you can get for that. So many taxpayers this year won't get the tax break for charitable donations. So for tax year twenty twenty one. There was a special uh, charitable deduction of up to $300 for individuals and 600 for joint filers um, for those who, you know, take the standard deduction. So this is on top of standard deduction. Um, that break wasn't extended in the year in budget, um, Bill. I remember that last year for us because we do standard deduction. And that was pretty cool, actually. Um, yep. About 9 out of 10 taxpayers take the standard deduction. So that's, 12, you know, just a shy of 13000 so 12950 for single filers and double that for uh, joint. But you're not going to get that uh, extended deduction this year um, for t- tax year 2022. The next big thing that's changing is the EV tax credit. So tax laws change. The energy and health care law that Congress passed in August changed the rules mid-year for qualifying of that 7,500 tax credit for electric vehicle uh, purchases, adding the final assembly and um, the final assembly in North America rule. Right. Yeah, of course, you know, this doesn't apply to a ton of people as EVs are still a little, little rare. Yeah, um, yeah. Having said that, there is an exception to that rule. If you entered into a binding contract to buy a car before August 16th and you took delivery before January 1st last year, um, you know, this year, January 1st this year, then the the uh, the assembly rule doesn't apply. Um, so you would get the credit. For tax year 2023, for this year, new restrictions and new openness rules go into effect um, Tesla, for example, cut prices on its popular models just recently so that they would qualify for, um, for that tax credit because they cost too much prior to those cuts. You know, the energy law revived a 30% tax credit for residential EV charging stations for 2022 um, as of this year. And um, yeah, that, that EV credit, um, but it's limited to certain regions. Of the country, yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, the 1099 gig economy reporting, I mean, that's a big deal. You know, if you have a side job, the IRS delayed for a year until this year um, a new law requiring e-commerce platforms such as uh, eBay, Etsy, and Airbnb to give the IRS information on the users with more than $600 in revenue for the year. So when the IRS gets this information... Um, For this year, you know, it's going to match that with taxpayers' returns to make sure they're reporting it correctly. So be careful if you sell or rent rent properties, um, if you sell anything on on eBay or any any of these platforms going forward because they're going to start reporting your income to the IRS. 
Of course, you know, the delay doesn't mean a reprieve from paying taxes. I mean, people should be reporting all of this income all along. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Because of the delay, the old rules apply for 2022. So platforms have to report users' income to the IRS if they had more than 200 transactions and $20,000 of revenue in 2022. So that's the old rule. Um, And then finally, IRS service. Yes, the fun IRS service. Oh, Uh, yeah. Have you ever had to call the IRS? Well, you know, my my wife, Kathy, has called them a bunch of times with her mom, and it takes forever. I mean, it's an endless, if they ever even answer the phone. Yeah, I did that, and yeah, it takes a while. So uh, this is Aaron Collins, the National Taxpayer Advocate, an IRS watchdog, says that the IRS has made considerable progress in reducing that backlog, as we just discussed. Yeah. Yeah, so she's you know she predicts continuing frustration and delays for taxpayers this tax season, citing backlog of 5.9 million unprocessed individual returns as of December 9th in her Ouch. annual report to Congress. Wow, only 5.9 million. Only they're making yeah, progress. Making progress. Agency officials say taxpayers should expect better service this year than the past because they have hired 5,000 customer service representatives to answer telephones and handle taxpayer inquiries questions. Uh, but before you pick up the phone, consider getting an IRS online account where you can access tax records Get uh, to get to an account. Filers typically must turn over sensitive personal information uh, to a non-IRS contractor and often go through um, a cumbersome identification progress. So once it's done, it makes your life a lot easier dealing with the IRS. So a couple you know, really exciting things there for taxes, what you need to know yeah. for this year. Uh, this came from the Wall Street Journal. That's where we got this 5, from. 5,000 new customer service reps. Of course, they haven't trained them yet, but oh, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll be there. Just pick up the phone they'll and figure it out. <laughs> right. Yeah, you'd be better logging in, like Ryan yeah. said. I yeah. think I would, I would go the online route first. You'd probably have more success there, but I think so. All right, interesting stuff. And that leads us to our last thing of the day, and that is our prescription of the week. Um, So, Ryan, we're entering the throes of tax season, as we just talked about. So now is the time to get organized. Gather all your information in one file because, you know, you're also going to need to pause and make sure you have all the correct information before you file your taxes, as we just mentioned. 1099s, beware of this, 1099s do get revised because companies often reclassify their dividends from unqualified to qualified dividends and that necessitates a corrected 1099. So we would recommend not filing your taxes before March if you have any brokerage or non-retirement investment accounts. <clears throat> That's kind of the rule of thumb. Don't file too early. You may get an amended return or a corrected 1099. Then you're going to be upset. Then you're going to have to refile. Yeah. You're just saving and, yourself a headache. Yeah, so you don't want to do that. So chill out a little bit. Just gather all your information. Get it all organized. Um you know, a lot of information won't be mailed this year as well, you know, if you elected or defaulted to electronic delivery. So make sure you log into all your investment accounts and your websites, download any tax documents, ensure you have the latest of everything. But get organized and, uh, yeah, get all the information right the first time by not filing too early, even if you're getting a refund. That's your prescription of the week. I think that's enough excitement for me. I think that's just too much. <laughs> that's just too much. You can't much. throw too much at people here. There you go. <laughs> a lot about taxes. All right. Well, have a great weekend. This has been our edition of Money MD this week. Tune in next week. There are more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706 739 
888-888-0725. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.